Hey family, if you are an educator, a teacher, a principal, an education consultant, I have something so special that you cannot find anywhere else that is coming to your phone, your iPad, your desktop. I am bringing together my squad. I'm bringing together my team. I'm bringing together some folks who you can identify with because they were in the classroom in schools and education organizations just like you and now they are running six and seven figure education consulting businesses. I am Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas and welcome to the Seven Figure Educator Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Seven Figure Educator. I am your host, Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. I'm a former teacher, former principal, and a full-time entrepreneur running a seven-figure education consulting business. I am so excited to introduce to you all today, Erin Kotman, who is one of my most successful clients in our mastermind. She is the CEO of Erin Kotman Teacher Development. She has over 15 years plus experience in the game and through her business she is supporting schools school districts and instructional leaders and growing their capacity to support teacher development welcome Erin thank you so much for being here thank you I'm super excited I am super excited about our conversation and obviously this is the seven figure educator podcast and I think a lot of people who are listening are curious when we're talking yeah. about educators turn entrepreneurs about their journey before their business. So give us a little bit of like a movie trailer of your journey in education prior to Erin Kotman, Teacher Development LLC. Yeah. Um, so I actually was a TFA-er. Hashtag TFA. So but, am I. But here's the thing. I wasn't like a TFA-er who was there for two years and left. I did 15 hard Long years mm. <laughs> at Come on, my placement school. Mm. Yeah, I did fi 15, 15 years. Um, and so I taught fifth grade reading. Shout out to the reading teachers out there. Seventh grade English. And then moved into instructional coaching, which coaching is my passion. That's what I love to do. And so that was like the light bulb. Ooh, coaching. Mm. I can like coach and develop not only kids, but I can coach and develop adults. Um, and then moved into assistant principal. And did that before I decided that I was moving on out to do my own thing. Mm. So I appreciate you sharing that because oftentimes I get folks asking me the question of, well, what, a, what type of experience or degrees or certification do I need prior to starting my business? And the answer is like, well, it depends, right? And I have a bias of of having results over experience. Mm. Um, and obviously you have tons of receipts. Give the people a couple of receipts before we kind of dive a little oh, bit deeper. Gosh. Give the people some receipts. Receipts, my education receipts? Yes. Okay, well, um, I was teacher of the year mm. for APS. That was great. Mm. Um, I So I worked for a charter network. And so I was actually a member of their Miles Family Fellow, which there are only normally like 10 to 15 people in the whole country that get into this principal fellowship. It is like the longest interview process I've ever done, like three days, mm. sweating, hot, didn't eat. It was crazy, but got into this like national principal prep program. So that was pretty dope. Um, and just have literally been out here working with, at this point, over 500 educators different all over the country. We can say we are national at this point. Um, so we've just been, the receipts really are in, for me, the testimonials, the reviews, and the way people feel after they're done working with us. Okay, so oh God, I'm just excited. So 
Tell us about the moment when you made the decision mm. to start a business. Like, I want like camera on your shoulder. What was <laughs> happening? What were you thinking that led you to, I'm going to start my business? Oh, okay. You ready? I am ready. Get, get comfortable. Uh, we're ready. Let me. <clears throat> okay. We're so ready. I, I honestly, you know, bird's eye view now, like looking back, it was completely ordained by God. Like there was no other reason that it happened the way it did. So as I said, 15 years at my same school, I have results. I'm like performance, high, uh, highest performing assistant principal. Like everything's great. They asked me to do this principal prep program. So like seemingly I'm on the track to be a principal. And there ended up being some change in our like uh, network leadership. And I started to get this vibe where people around me were becoming principals, but the person who did the national principal prep program wasn't becoming a principal. So I started to say, that's a little fishy, right? Mm -hmm. Something strange is happening. And long story short, I started kind of pushing back, trying to figure out what's the thing that's holding me back from being a principal. Now I know that I just wasn't meant to be a a principal at the time. Um, and so at that point I was bored. I went to my boss and I said, Hey, you know, this is going to be it for me. He understood completely. I had primed and prepped my new, my new replacement interviewed for a high level position at another charter network, mm. got the job. And then I proceeded to boohoo cry because I didn't want the job <laughs> mm. for days, like sick to my stomach. This was also my mentor. I'm genuinely like hurt at the concept of having to take this job, right? And I remember I called my best friend at the time and I'm like, I don't know what to do because at this point I have Aaron Cotman teacher development, but it's a complete side hustle. I, it was just going to fund some vacations <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> honest, right? Nothing wrong with that. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I have this business. It's maybe six months old. I don't know what to do. And my friend says, you've got to leap like the net is there. And I was like, okay. That's a good friend. <laughs> That's a good friend. Yeah. And I have a child too. So I'm doubly like this. I cannot play with this, but I don't know how to run a business. And I have one client, you know, um, and so I, that's how I decided to just start on my own. I figured at the very least, I have all of this experience. I have degrees on degrees. If I can't make this thing work, I can come back and I can teach or I can still lead or whatever the case may be. And um, my company will be three on July 1st. Yay. And I haven't had to go back. Uh, <laughs> so things are doing okay. <laughs> uh, what I love so much about this is because oftentimes when folks have some type of experience in their nine to five, that causes them to think differently mm -hmm. and them having a desire to transition, most people transition to another nine to five. Yeah. So it's interesting because like their trust isn't broken enough to do something different. Where it's like, even though this one workplace, I had this one experience that felt like folks weren't doing right by me. I still have a, a, a level of trust in spite of that experience to do this again at another yeah. place. And what I think is so special about your story is there was actually the trust of, I'm going to trust myself 
and I'm going to do something different, which to me, like rationally makes more sense of like, why would I keep doing the same thing if, if I'm not satisfied with the result? Let me try something different and work for myself. And that can feel so scary for people. Did it feel scary for you? And if so, like, how did you get over oh, that fear? First of all, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, you know, if, it, if it's just me, I'll eat ramen noodles. I'll do what I, you know, <laughs> right, like right, I'll right. do what I have to do, but I've got this kid, you know, who, um, needs things and has private school and has, you know, all the things. And I also am such a planned person. Mm. I didn't have a plan. Mm. I literally started this business as a side hustle so that I could take some additional trips. So when I decide that I'm not doing this thing anymore, I don't have a business plan. I don't have strategic planning. I have an LLC and that's about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't have the systems. I don't have any of this. And had I maybe predicted that I was going to go out on my own, I would have had those things. That's by nature who I am, but I didn't. So it was definitely scary. I also don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. So there wasn't like a roadmap to follow of like, okay, well, Uncle Ted does this. So this mm -hmm. is what I can on, do, Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted. <laughs> you know, I actually come from a family of educators. Mm -hmm. um, so it also was one of those things where I couldn't call my mom and dad and say, hey, mom, <laughs> I quit my job. You know, mm -hmm. like, so it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Um I didn't even realize at the time how much mindset and faith were going to play a role and how the direct correlation between the two. Like if I am not having the best day mentally, my business doesn't perform necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or I don't show up in my business the way that I want to. Um, so it was scary. It's still scary. I think now I've just built the like run room and understanding, like I've understand how kind of like the flow of it now a little bit better so that I don't get so amped up when like that contract falls through or that person doesn't pay me on time because pay the people on time. Anyway, you know, like, they <laughs> you know, like I don't get quite so antsy mm -hmm. because I have the systems in place now to support those kind of hiccups. Mm. Okay. So this is, oh, this is going to be so good. So <laughs> What was your goal when you started your business? Was it like, I just want to make X amount of dollars? Was it, I just want to be able to put food on the table? Like, what was your goal when you I first started? I don't even want to say because my friend who has a, is a business owner in a whole nother field asked me that question. She kind of helped me put my website together. And I was like, I want to make $5,000. And she was like, Say what? Like <laughs> I was like $5,000. I want to make $5,000. And she was like, you're going to make way more than $5,000. Like every. a month? Or? No, like in that year, I wanted oh, to. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just wanted okay. to go on another vacation. <laughs> we were real about this travel. I told you. I, I really, in my head, I have been conditioned. This is how much you make as a school leader. You know, you like two, three vacations a year you can make some $5,000. In my head, that was what I had justified. Mm. So we laugh to this day because what on earth? Why would that be my bar? Come on, $5,000. <laughs> so let's put this in context and then we're going to step okay. back. So when you first started, mm -hmm. your goal was to make $5,000 <laughs> yes. in annual revenue. <laughs> what was your revenue last quarter? So when we say quarter, we mean 90 days. Yes. What was the revenue in your business last quarter? 
Um, can I go even further back? Oh, sure. Okay, for a second. Because I was just having this conversation with a friend. So at my peak as an assistant principal, I was making about $75,000 mm. a year. Okay. I wanted to make $5,000 in revenue <laughs> for the year. Um, so this past quarter, I made $120,000 in my business. Mm. So I made in 90 days more than I made in a whole year. Dramatic pause. Mm. Making six figures in a quarter. Yeah. So this is this is fascinating. And I think this is going to be really great for our audience to hear because our audience is primarily educators yeah. who are probably all across the spectrum of where they are in their business. We might have some folks who are currently making seven figures, making six figures, or folks who my goal is $5,000 <laughs> in annual revenue, right? And so I think your story is going to be really powerful. And I want to unpack like how did we get from yeah. five thousand a year is my goal to now I am making six figures in 90 days let's first start with mindset because you mentioned that before what were like one or two of the biggest mindset shifts that you had to make in order to experience that type of growth in your business so for one I will say just to kind of like put where I was when you go through an experience where you start to feel like a place that you gave a lot to has devalued you, your self-esteem really takes mm -hmm. like a serious hit. Mm -hmm. So part of it wasn't even a mindset shift in the beginning. It was like, I got to believe, in, I got to like build my confidence back up because, and to be honest, a lot of it in the beginning probably was a bit of a chip on my shoulder of like, <laughs> I'm about to <laughs> light it up on you. Watch mm -hmm, me, you know, mm -hmm. watch me work. And so um, that was part of it was just like rebuilding my confidence in myself because I really had a bit of resentment of like, I have birthed a baby here. I mm -hmm. have, you know, like literally given 15 hard years, you know, great years. But when you work at a high performing charter network, you work some hours, you know, I didn't have a summer. I did, you know, certain things. And so I had to really shift my mindset of like, I, I have knowledge. I know things. And just because there was a shift in where I felt unappreciated, I, that doesn't take away what I brought to the table. Right. Um, so I think that was one thing was just like kind of like loving on myself and like nursing myself back to feeling good. Um, and confident about what I bring to the table. Um, a huge mindset shift would be money. Uh, just in general, I don't, I've always had a bad relationship with money as far as like, um, I didn't, I didn't really grow up in a household where we talked a lot about money. I did not grow up poor, but I didn't, we didn't necessarily, my parents didn't teach me like money management necessarily. So there was that. And then I get into a field where you're constantly told, we don't have money, we don't have money, we don't have money, we don't have money, we don't have money. And guess what? We don't have money. Mm -hmm. And so you're like constantly thinking about how much you don't have, right? And then, you know, conditioned against, you may have friends who are like, you know, in the corporate space, they're in the tech space, and they're, you know, they're just bringing in all this money, and you're doing this, like, this career for good, but you don't make any money, right? So... I definitely had to understand how much money I could make, right? Um, you talk often about the speed of money, and I feel like this is the first year where I've really felt the speed of money. Mm -hmm. um, 
but believing how much you can make is a is a big mindset shift around money and that you can that there's an abundance of it that it's accessible that it um just because they give money to this person doesn't mean they can't give money to me um my worth you know sending an invoice out for you know six figures is like sometimes like ooh okay, they're going to pay me that, I guess, you know, like, but still sending that out would be one. Um, I think another mindset shift is probably around just how you (sighs) running your own race. Like, I think it's really important when you get into business for yourself, like you naturally compare yourself to other people and what they're doing. And I think especially recently, you know, post COVID, Ed consulting really kind of like blew up. And so you feel like everyone's consulting, right? And so you start to feel like, oh, well, this person did this. And oh, well, look at that person's flyer. And oh, that person's color scheme. is, And so you start to feel like you need to make adjustments and changes. But what I've had to realize is like my secret sauce is me. Well, it's the Lord. <laughs> it's the Lord. But you can't duplicate me. You can duplicate my colors. You can duplicate my font. You can duplicate my messaging, but you cannot, there's, there's only one Aaron, you know? Um, and so reminding myself that like, I'm the secret sauce of, of, of this thing. Um, and not getting caught up in what other people are doing, I think is another just like really big mindset shift of like, no, like you can do everything the same as that I do, but you don't, you're not me and you're not going to deliver it like me. Mm. That I think is so powerful because that type of understanding of your worth is a result of unlearning. Yeah. Like given what we're taught as educators, given the messages that are reinforced, whether verbally of we didn't get in it to for the money or whether it's through how we're treated of join this committee, serve as this mentor, head of this initiative, but is there a stipend? No, we just expect you to do it because it falls in other duties as assigned, (laughs) right? And so I want to, though, go back to the money mindset part because all of us have work that we have to do in our relationship with money. And I think in particular with educators, there's a nuance to our relationship with money because my belief is that the education sector thrives off of scarcity Uh. and to bring that energy in your business which you've been taught and you that's how you survive in education will actually cause you to lose money Hmm. and i remember one of our earliest conversations was about your pricing (laughs) and in the most loving supportive way i was like girl your prices are too low Like you need to raise your prices and we even, and I think a part of that too was also the unlearning of the teaching versus giving value and like pricing accordingly. And we had that conversation. So when we were having that conversation around pricing, what was coming up for you? Because if from my perspective, it was like, you changed your price the next day. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Listen. And though I'm like, I wonder just what was going on in her head. Like, were you afraid? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you like, well, I'm going to do this anyway. Like, talk me through like what was happening for you. I was definitely scared, but also like logically, right. It just made sense. Like, okay, Aaron, you can keep your prices where they're at, but then you're going to have to find like 20 more clients. Whereas if you just raise these prices, you can find half of those clients. So like, it just felt more accessible. Like logically I could say, okay, I'd rather service 
five clients at this price, right? Because that's what I want to do versus 10, be way more busy, running around the city of Atlanta, you know, like I'm not going to be able to enjoy this, what I'm doing because I'm doing it, having to do it at such a higher rate with more people because of my pricing. So I think like logically it just made sense to me. Um, I think the other thing was if you've been in leadership, you see enough invoices come across the table where you're like, it's not that you don't have it. Y'all have it. It's just who you're choosing to give it to. So I had to really just say, no, I've seen my my boss sign <laughs> invoices for that amount, if not more. So why not me, right? Um, I think also, too, the biggest thing is once you kind of get that first really large contract, you're like, okay, so I, I'm not crazy. Someone else will sign for this. Someone else will do this. Like, I think some of it, too, is just you got to put it out there and see if you can kind of like catch the bait on that one. And, and, and that was like the piece where you say, like, we kind of always say we don't get into it for money. That's the part I think I had to like work through of like, I still want to, I still want to do good work. I still want to help kids. I still want to improve schools. Like not all of that is the same, but I deserve to be paid and live the lifestyle I want while I'm doing (laughs) this really great impactful work and impactful work. Doesn't mean cheap, that part, mm. that part. Mm-hmm. So let's unpack a little bit around, because before when you were talking around your journey of growing from the goal of 5K to now six figures in a quarter, you said systems. Yeah. You also used the word before strategic planning, which makes my little heart flutter. <laughs> so let's talk about because given you know we've been working together for about six months and I remember that DM that I got that was like Erica Keisha Jordan Thomas I don't even know what your middle name is but I need you to know I just ran my numbers and I hit a six-figure quarter I didn't even know I had hit six figures which is crazy to me it wasn't crazy to me because I was like I bet like <laughs> let's go And now, if you could do it in a quarter, you could do it in a month, which we'll talk about later. I mean, we're still kind of talking about. But talk to us around, like, the systems piece of it, like, the in the strategic planning, like, specifically, what was that? And then what was the impact that you saw in your business? Yeah, so I think the thing that was helpful was... So here's the beautiful thing about being an educator and a business owner. You know how to backwards plan. 100%. You're taught that when you go to teaching school, you know, teaching school. Mm -hmm. You're taught how to do that, right? So that's essentially what the strategic planning was. It was like, okay, how much money do you want to make, right? What are, you know, what are your goals? What are your, what's the inputs? And like that's the part that makes it a lot easier for me is thinking about just inputs. If I want to make X amount of money, what am I going to do to, actually create that flow of income, right? And making sure that it aligns to my business and my deliverables and like all of the, those those things, like that's the gut check there. Um, but like being really strategic about, okay, in Q1, this is, this is the play we're running. Um, here's how I'm going to track that. Here are the metrics. Um, what do I need in order to be able to do this thing? So I do have a virtual assistant who's fantastic, who allows me to be able to run those same plays. Um, 
I think one of the major thing you, things you told me were like, you've had really great success with just like your community you've created, but you got to get this mailing list up, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's been a really big focus of mine is generating new clients, new clientele. And so I think like being able to say, what are the specific things I'm going to do to grow my mailing list versus I got to grow my mailing list, right? <laughs> like, what do I do? Just keep posting, join my mailing list? No, like you need some freebies. You need some resources. Um, you know, at your um, webinar, how are you generating traffic? How are you getting new clients? And so like that helped me to really be laser focused. Um, I think the other thing with the strategic planning was even down to the weeks, right? So this week I am doing this. Um, you can feel really overwhelmed as an entrepreneur at times. And so being able to say, yeah, there's a long list of things that are going to get done, but I've already decided that this week I am working on X helps me to really be productive and like get that actually off my list. Um, and that way I can see like the train moving step by step, which is really helpful. So the parallel that I want to make for folks who are listening, some folks might have caught it, but essentially you are talking about the skill of like lesson planning Mm. with in combination with like weekly data meetings, (laughs) like it's basically what we're talking about. It's just happening in your business because I don't know a single effective classroom teacher who's not starting their lesson with a lesson plan, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are planned out. They are backwards planned from a high quality assessment. They know their their uh, milestones from a unit perspective. They're planned out in terms of what do I need to hit in terms of my target by the end of the week because I might have a weekly assessment or a unit assessment at the end of the week. And then what does that mean for each one of my days in terms of my daily objectives? And then what does that mean in terms of my exit ticket? It's the same thing in your business. Yep. Because what I just heard you say is, okay, if I have a revenue goal for the end of the year, now I need to backwards map that into what's my revenue per quarter, what is my revenue per month, and then what are the actual sales and marketing activities that I am going to be executing that's going to generate me the leads required in order to hit X amount of clients that are needed for that revenue goal. So I just wanted to make that translation because I think for so many educators who are thinking about entrepreneurship or even in the midst of entrepreneurship, they think running a business feels so foreign. Like what, when you think about the business that you're running, what are the things that feel familiar given your experience as an educator? I mean, 15 years in the game, leading a school as an assistant principal, like what were some of the skills that directly translated over into your business? Yeah, um, I think one is the data piece, right? Like we are used to looking at data um, being able to say, okay, well, like, what's the, what's the, um, what's the misstep here? What did students miss? Right. Okay. So like what in my messaging wasn't clear or, or like where, where's the the possible misconception, um, that's present here. Um, I definitely think the like attention to detail piece that teachers have to have is like super, um, present in my business each and every day. Um, for me, being a coach and doing um, professional development, that's when I'm in my bag. That's when I'm like, <laughs> y'all can't tell me that, but I'm going to work this facilitation, right? But that for me is super important because I don't care how many flyers I have, whatever, like the product, the service I provide is going to make you come back over and over again, right? And so um, I, just even that, like that's what I did every day as an assistant principal was coach, you know? And so being able to do that piece is like, that's, 
that's a hundred percent my business right there. So just showing up in my teacher hat, like it's really nice sometimes to take off my business hat and put back on my teacher hat in that moment. And really just like, it's like, yes, I'm running my business in this moment, but I'm also really much in my space and my zone of genius of being able to coach and develop. Um, as an English teacher, you know, I enjoy writing my, I still write a lot of my emails cause I like doing it. Mm -hmm. I like writing my emails. I like doing a lot of my captions because I enjoy that creative, um, piece of running a business. I, I will say it's, there are differences, but you don't realize how much as a teacher, you just really dibble and dabble in a lot. I mean, you're like into technology, you know, you're, you're selling. Think about how much we have to like get kids to be interested in something that they do not care about, mm -hmm, right? We're salespeople. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you actually really are using a lot of different kind of like skills from various industries as a teacher. And so being able to pull on those is, is, is not that foreign. Tell the people in the back, because if I hear one more person that's just like, well, I don't want to be too salesy. I'm like, you needed to be salesy to get some kid to pay attention. Yeah. So like, yeah. this ain't no different, boo. Like you have got to give people a reason as to why they should be giving you attention and selling is serving, right? So mm -hmm. if there's someone who's experiencing a pain point in your classroom, like you're going to sell the solution, which is some type of instructional strategy, right? Same thing in your business where you're going to sell a solution when you know that folks are experiencing a pain point. So I want to shift a little bit and talk about your experience in the mastermind. Okay. And so you have been in our mastermind for six months. During that time, your business has grown tremendously from an impact standpoint, from a revenue standpoint. And what would you say is the, the aspect of the mastermind that has had the greatest impact on your journey as an entrepreneur? Gosh, that's a, that's first of all, six months. I'm like, that's it. It feels like it's, been. I know it feels like we've been going together real bad, but it's only been six months. Well, I was like stalking you online for a while, <laughs> but, um, gosh, I think one it's community. Um, you know, I don't really have a ton of friends who are in business for themselves. So like there's that aspect. So even when I, you know, griping and venting about, you know, there's the, a level that they can't necessarily relate to. And then on top of like education, you know, you'll run into a lot of people who want to tell you how to run your business. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know educate. It's a little different, you know? Um, so community has been really helpful. I appreciate just being able to be in the space with other female black women entrepreneurs in this, in, in, um, in education who are doing this. Um, like proximity has just been like a really amazing thing for me just to say like, okay, oh, I know this person's, I think at the, our retreat, you know, we were doing some kind of work and hearing like you charging how much for that? Oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I still have some refinement to do on my pricing, you know, but like just being in, in community, um, has been super important. Uh, for me, it's been the, the systems. Like I didn't necessarily have a plan of how I was reaching my revenue goals. I just knew I had a revenue goal. Um, and so this is now the part where like, even when I think about my six figure quarter, when I step back, I know now the exact playbook to mm -hmm, do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. so if I don't hit it, I'm like, I know exactly what I didn't do. Okay, fine. You know, so being able to just run the play is like invaluable. And that means mastermind or no mastermind, I now have the playbook, right, to be able to duplicate this over and over and over again. Um, and so that's super helpful for me as being in the in the mastermind is just like, I've got the playbook now. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is 
you know, <laughs> even because the way the mastermind is set up, there's still people who, like, even when you move from six figure to seven figure, even that was like a shift in my brain because six figure for so long is like the <laughs> the mark, mm-hmm. you know, in your head. I just want to make six figures. I just, and then you hit six figures and you're like, well, now what we going to do? Because <laughs> it ain't enough. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not. But Mm-mm. that's a whole, you know. So you start saying, okay, now what? Right? And so I think, you know, you just do a really good job of pushing us. I remember even this year when I set my revenue goal, you were like, you know, I said, I want to make, I think at some point I said, in five years, I want to make half a million. You were like, five years? Okay, Aaron. You know? <laughs> I was like, girl, we're going to be tired in five years. All right, like, what are you like, thinking? Right. And so, but, but, and at the time it was like nice to hear, but now that I see it, how it works, I'm like, oh, I can definitely do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need five years. Right. So just having someone who looks like me, who you know, your story, I relate to it so much, but just having like you there is like, she's not that much different than me. So this is very much feasible and possible. Um, is like a true benefit of the mastermind. It's a really good mix of like community and black girlness pushing ish things happening, but also like, but you also about to be about your business mm-hmm. and this will not be janky mm-hmm. and you're gonna do it the right way too, mm-hmm. you know? So like you do a really good mix of like love on me, but also if you don't go and, you know, insert mm-hmm. thing I didn't do. If we had a Usher song that was oh. the soundtrack for the mastermind because if you didn't know, Aaron is a little obsessed with Usher. What song would it be? Okay, so here's <laughs> I'm gonna regret this. Yeah. <laughs> I won't, but continue. Okay, here's the thing, ready? Uh-huh. So if we were gonna think about the mastermind, right? Mm-hmm. I just said I was stalking you, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but then like there's so many women in the group to be obsessed with, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so. I'll be your groupie, and, baby. Yes. Cause you are my ah, girl. It's gonna be real. Oh my gosh. And I'm ready for it. <laughs> Double tap. Double tap all day. But what's let me tell you what's so powerful around what you just said. You just said that when we first started together, started working together six months ago you had named a revenue goal of half a million in five years. Yeah. You made 120K Q1 of this year. Yeah. There's four quarters in a year. Mm-hmm. 120K times mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. is $480,000. Mm. So you're on track. Oh, wow. You just blew my mind. In setting, See? To hitting a goal that you previously said would take you five years. <laughs> I'm laughing because I really hadn't done the math on that. That's why I'm here for you. I'm I your, know. I'm the math I teacher. Know. I'm the math teacher. That's why I'm here. I know. Yeah. So I think, I think that speaks to the power of community, the power of investing in yourself, the yeah. power of valuing proximity, because for so many of us, our beliefs around the rate in which we think money can move are based off of our historical experience. Mm-hmm. And so to have a goal of 5K in a year, to be making 75K as an assistant principal, your perceptions or how you set goals in your business are going to be based off of what you knew. 
until you experience something different and get proximate to something different. And that is evident of the choice that you made in joining our community that you've just completely shattered the ceiling of what the goal you thought you were going to say. I wasn't going to let you set it, but the goal you thought you was going to set at the beginning of this year, like you're on track to, to shattering that. So like how, I don't know, I'm going to give you a moment. How does that feel? Like, this is what you're doing in your business. This is what you've created in your journey of three years ago to now. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to give you the opportunity to really be able to take in the fact of like, this is what you're doing. This is what you have created. How does that feel? Wow. You... (laughs) I, mm, it, here's the thing. It's like truly, like, it's really actually life changing for me. And a lot of it, because it's not even just about like the, the like financial piece of the business for me being able to say, okay, let's go back. When you think about people who make money, right? And you're an educator, you're thinking about someone who is either like, techie they've like invented something maybe they're doing something nefarious you know (laughs) but like it doesn't necessarily it feels like luck Mm. and so I think being able when you say like Erin actually if you like just do a little multiplication girl (laughs) I was I was a reading teacher not a math teacher I'm still working through my math anxiety (laughs) like when you when I hear that I say, I think to myself just how much control and power I have. Like, I don't have to just collect a check every two weeks and like take what I, you get what you get. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like I actually have, I know the inputs. I know the strategy that's going to help me do this. And if I continue to invest in myself, I'll know what the next thing is to get me to the million, right? Because the strategy will have Mm -hmm. to shift, right? But like, I now know what the next thing is to do, right? And so- it makes me feel very much in, in control. I feel like I have power over my lifestyle, my income. If I choose tomorrow, I don't really want to make, I want to make $100,000. I know exactly what, what to press play on for that to happen, right? And so being able to feel like I have control over what I want my business to produce is really nice. Not just like my business is happening to mm-hmm. me either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for so long, you just kind of take what you can get as an educator. And so being able to say, no, 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 no. I'm still making impact. I'm making greater impact, actually. And I get to do it in a way that feels good to me. I get to do it in a way that feels... My, my word for this year was ease. Like, I just want a very, like, ease, uh, easeful. Is that a word? It's a word today. Easeful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Easeful life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I do. Like, I want to be able to, you know, take a swim. I want to be able to work from (laughs) Patty. I want (laughs) to be able to do all the things that I want to do and still feel really good about the work that I do and enjoy it and, like, inspire others. And I I just, I think it just makes you feel like you have some control. And not in a a, uh, very tight way, because as a business owner, you have to be so flexible. But knowing that I'm not waiting for someone else to decide what I get, is really, really, really comforting. And how many trips have you taken this year? We're only halfway-ish through the year. You know what? I haven't taken a ton this year, but the back half of my year? (laughs) (laughs) Prepare to be sick of me. Listen, we're ready. Cough, cough. We're ready to be sick. Prepare, prepare, because, yeah, I I started the year off a little slow because I'm hitting y'all over the head the back of the year. We're ready. We're so ready. Um, Tell the folks... 
about your business, who should reach out to you and how they can get in contact with you? Yes. So my business is Erin Kotman Teacher Development. We specialize in professional development and leadership coaching for school leaders and educators. And we really focus on your adaptive and technical skills and how those work together to improve your instructional impact and outcomes for kids. Awesome. I am proud of you. Oh, thanks. And when I say that, I mean that like as a coach, but also like just as another black woman, like I am proud of you. Don't make me cry on this camera. I mean, if you do, it's okay. It's okay. I'm very sensitive. But I say that because what you've been able to achieve in your business, the hardest part of growing a business is the mindset work. And when I see what you've been able to do, how you've been able to make in your business, even in this first half of the year, what you made in your business all of last year. Yeah. That's evidence of how much you've been willing to stretch yourself, how much you've been okay with moving past fear, doing it in spite of fear. And I know how hard it is Mm -hmm. and you're still doing it and you still make the choice to show up. And so when I say I'm proud of you, I mean that in all sense of the words as another black woman, I'm like, yes. And it's just the beginning. Like you're just getting started. And so I'm incredibly grateful for you, incredibly grateful that you've entrusted me as your coach. And girl, six-figure month, (laughs) seven-figure business is right around the corner. So let's do this. Thank you. Thank you.